Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, June the 14th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, proper week six, which is the third Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Wednesday of the week, we like to pick up one of the extra passages that's floating around in the Revised Common Lectionary for this week. And so they had a couple Old Testament passages. So let's go back, back to Exodus, Exodus chapter 19, verse 2 through 8a. So let me read that passage. Write a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning and when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Exodus chapter 19, verses 2 through 8a. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. This is the word of God for us. All right, so Exodus 19 is a big part in this Old Testament story, in the story of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. So to break out some of the data points of all the Pentateuch and then this particular section of Scripture. So here in Exodus 19, they're there at the Mount of Sinai, the Mountain of Moses, the Mountain of God, all these different names uh, that it's given. Um, They are here until Numbers chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. So they're here quite a long time in regards to the written material in the Old Testament. But our best estimate is that they're only there 11 months. So they got out of Egypt, three months journey from Egypt, Red Sea crossing, all the way to here, and they're here for 11 months. So in regards to our best estimates, about 2,700 years is the span of the whole Pentateuch. So the early stories in Genesis all the way to the end of Deuteronomy as the people of God are getting ready to cross over the Jordan River into the promised land for that uh, military campaign against the foreign nations, right? So that's, that's a lot of time. So only 11 months of the 2,700 years is this particular time, but it takes up one third of the material in the Pentateuch, right? So this is what happens in any book that you and I read any movie that we watch where there's like a lot of time passes in a moment, but then a short amount of like time time actually takes time within the movie because there seems to be a critical emphasis on that particular scene. Same thing is happening here. There's a critical emphasis on what happens at the mountain of God. So even though they're only here 11 months uh, before they break camp and they um, go uh, towards uh, the Jordan River, many things happen here. And so we get like the, the high level of it in this moment. 
God spends time with Moses and he wants to make a covenant with the people of God. So once again, a covenant is not a partnership relationship. It's different. So in a partnership, uh, the two parties or the, the multiple parties are equals. Okay. They're all giving something that's equal and it seems to be more temporary and it seems to be like equal share of things. Um, and it could fall apart. Maybe if one or two parties uh, decide that the time's up, it's just a lease agreement. They can just part ways and go their, their separate ways. Hopefully there's restitution. So there's no hard feelings, right? So there's no revenge and rivalry for the rest of their generations. But a covenant's different. A covenant takes place between a greater figure and a lesser figure. So one of the better examples is a suzerain and vassal treaty. You can Wikipedia that and you can get the, the nitty gritty and all that. But it's simply this, like usually happens in wartime at the end of a war and the settling of a war where a losing side, in order to spare the few lives they have left, uh, they enter into a treaty with the the winner, the victor, and they say, hey, like we'll join your side um, if you'll keep us alive. And there's usually an agreement that takes place where the lesser side has to commit to to meticulous faithfulness to the greater side in order to retain their lives. And in return, uh, the greater side gives them life, spares their life, and uh, gives them a place, albeit it's not a really prominent place among their civilization, but they get to dwell there uh, for the next few generations. And maybe the terms of the agreement are addressed again and again, but they kind of meet in the middle, but it's not equal sides. It's actually like an, an, an inequality in that relationship. That's what's going on here. God is reaching out to Israel and is making this type of a covenant, right? But what's great is that we get some of the, of the peculiar language of this covenant. Now, God loves the whole earth, right? God doesn't just love the people of Israel. He loves the whole earth. And we see that there's a unique calling that Israel has, which is to be a kingdom and a priest that's set apart from the rest of the nations. What does that mean? It means that they're going to be given like unique treatment, but it's also to serve the rest of the whole. Just like as we'll see whenever there's a distribution of lands and roles among the, um, you know, in the, in the federation of tribes in Israel, like the Levites, they're not given any real estate, but they're given this unique calling of being the people of the tabernacle where they will offer worship to God and they will some help this arrangement between God and humanity meet. And that's what happens with when the priesthood. The priests serve on behalf of the people to God and vice versa. You see this like in Joel chapter two, where there's like this place between the altar and the porch, right? Uh, the altar is where the worship of God happens. The porch is where the community who worships gather. And the priesthood kind of, get, they get in between and they offer the prayers and praises to God on behalf of the people. And then they offer the benediction and the pardon terms of forgiveness from God to the people. And so this is who Israel is going to be. So if they're going to rise and fall in this covenant, it's going to be, can we fulfill our place between the rest of the nations and God? And so what happens is we fast forward, and this is something that we'll see in the background in like Romans, as we go through the book of Romans uh, during this ordinary time season, is that Israel needs to be rescued because they have defaulted on this vocation, right? And this is something that we're worth grappling with, because I think if you and I, have, if we've been in the church world the past couple of decades, it's kind of popular to say like, what exactly was God's uh, grievance with Israel? 
And I think sometimes it comes out of the Reformation era is because uh, Luther was reading uh, material peculiarly through uh, his own ministry setting and it's grappling with a, R- a Roman Catholic church. Like the, the standard, like, you, know, you know, clip art answer is, well, they were trying to earn their salvation. And as we've had discovery through the Qumran community, the, uh, community, community and the Dead Sea Scrolls, it just doesn't appear like Israel's looking at their law, like trying to earn a post-mortem salvation that the law was given to them as a guide for covenant faithfulness or as uh, Matthew Bates who's a great New Testament scholar he says it's a covenant maintenance Um, we are the people of God before we do anything God plucked us out of all the people in order to be his people right so we fulfill the law as a way to maintain or to enhance our covenant relationship with God it's not like a zero-sum game if we follow it uh, we'll stay in the covenant. If we fail, uh, then we fail the covenant. It's not that at all. And if you would like to kind of see a picture of this, go to Genesis 15, where Abraham is worried about his own faithfulness, being able to pass the covenant down to his next generation. God does this interesting connection with him. Uh, it's, it's a blood covenant where um, different things are happening, different terms are happening. And like as modern Bible readers, like this is a strange story the ancient audience would have heard clearly the message there that God is the one making the covenant. He's also the one sustaining the covenant. So there's grace in the midst of this covenant promise. Yes, Israel was given a high bar to follow. And it wasn't because God's like looking for this meticulous obedience, lest he like lashes out against them, right? No, God is, he's, he wants to use this people. He wants to have this people given a gift, a gift of covenant where they can uh, follow God in faithfulness. And they could also be his people to help train the rest of the nations on the unique way of the creator God. And so what is uh, the issue that's being addressed among God's people? We see this in the message of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter three and Luke chapter three. There's a presumption of being in the people of God. And that presumption has caused them have a great laxity in their faith and to be led into a place of unfaithfulness. And so Jesus stands apart from the rest of them and the unique followers that he creates and his disciples and those who are reached through the gospel in those early days. That there's, there's this reseeding of Israel, that they're going to be the unique uh, faithful people of God to retrieve this vocation, this priesthood type of calling, to have this faithfulness now and teach it to the ends of the earth. Okay, I've gone way over here, so that's enough for now. So how can we grapple that with today? I I think we can say this. When we look at Exodus 19, this beginning of this long passage at the mountain of God, we can see that the desire that God had in Exodus 19 to shape a people who'd be set apart in order to serve the nations, God has not given up on that. Like he's the same creator God. And as you and I respond to the gospel, what happens deep within us, there's like the soul that is, our soul is stirred within us to not just receive the gift of salvation from God, but now be the ones who model that salvation, that faithfulness to the ends of the earth. And as we do so, we find the life that is truly life. The life that God, you know, invited the people of Israel into in Exodus 19. And it's the life that he continues to invite us into in the, in the 21st century today. So those things in mind, let's pray to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the God who sends himself into the world to make a people of his very own eager to do what is good. 
And we thank you that you saw fit to include us into your story, how you allow grace to go before the story, and that grace scoops us into life and forgiveness and hope. And we thank you for the community that it draws us to so that we can uh, be healed and go out into the world together and uh, do the work of ministry and to create communities of life, hope, and justice. God, we thank you that uh, what we see in this early story of faithfulness is that you're the God who, against all the evidence, you wanted to make a people, uh, even though they didn't show a peculiar type of a penchant towards faithfulness, you you loved them anyway. And we thank you that when we fail, you still love us. And uh, when we are faithless, you remain faithful. And so with that in mind, we don't take advantage of that grace, but we ask that that grace would empower us for the work of ministry ahead. God, all of us have a ministry, uh, whether it's befriending somebody or showing hospitality or teaching or organizing and administrating things. So today, whatever that work is for us uniquely, we pray that you would give us a lot of passion and compassion within it. We pray that it would lead to the restoring of lives and communities all around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey there, friends. I'm getting excited because the 1,000th episode of Winter Rise is set to air on June the 22nd. We're getting close, just a couple of weeks out at the time of this recording. And um, it's just a great milestone, something to celebrate. And what I thought about doing is gathering together like a compilation of voice memos from you, uh, just to share how you use the podcast, how it's been helpful, putting those all together. And so if you'd like to submit something, just a couple of things that you could do for me, you might just record a voice memo on your phone and make it just about a minute long and send it to joeskillen at hotmail.com. Yes, friends, the Hotmail account still is active <laughs> for when I rise. Uh, if you could do that by June the 21st, that'd be great. That'll give me a couple of days to put those together in like a bit of a compilation. I'm actually going to schedule that episode to go out on Saturday, June the 24th so that we can continue to roll with our prayer practice every day. So we'll just put that on Saturday. So if you'd like to listen to it, it'll be then. So once again, 1,000th episodes coming up on Thursday, the 22nd. If you'd like to give me a one minute max voice memo, but your response to the podcast, please send it to joeskillinhotmail.com by the 21st. And then I'll put that episode together and it'll go live on the 24th that Saturday. So thanks for taking the time and thanks for just being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.